This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of rickets from the basic science section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Rickets is a metabolic bone disease caused by a defect in mineralization of osteoid matrix caused by inadequate calcium and phosphate that occurs prior to closure of the physis. Patients present with characteristic features such as bowing of long bones, ligamentous laxity, brittle bones, and enlargement of costal cartilage. Diagnosis is made based on a thorough evaluation of serum labs, clinical features, and radiographic findings. Treatment involves medical management to resolve the underlying etiology of rickets. Now, let's get into the episode. Starting with etiology, we'll go over pathophysiology, mechanism, and associated conditions of rickets. Starting with pathophysiology, know that vitamin D and PTH play an important role in calcium homeostasis and rickets involves disruption of calcium-slash-phosphate homeostasis. It involves poor calcification of cartilage matrix of growing long bones, which occurs at the zone of provisional calcification. This leads to increased physeal width and cortical thinning-slash-bowing. Moving on to the mechanism of rickets, know that rickets is known as osteomalacia if it occurs after physeal closure, and it can be congenital or acquired. Treatment is usually non-operative with supplementation. Associated orthopedic manifestations of rickets include brittle bones with physeal cupping slash widening, bowing of long bones, ligamentous laxity, flattening of the skull, enlargement of the costal cartilage, otherwise known as a rickettic rosary, and kyphosis, otherwise known as cat back. As far as the classification of rickets, there are three types to know. Vitamin D-resistant or familial hypophosphatemic rickets, vitamin D-deficient or nutritional rickets, and vitamin D-dependent rickets, which has a type 1 and type 2. So starting with vitamin D-resistant or familial hypophosphatemic rickets, this is the most common form of heritable rickets. It presents at 1 to 2 years of age and is caused by inability of the renal tubules to absorb phosphate. GFR is normal and vitamin D3 response is impaired. As far as the genetics of vitamin D-resistant or familial hypophosphatemic rickets, there's an X-linked dominant type, an autosomal dominant type, and an autosomal recessive type. X-linked dominant is the most common form, and it results from a mutation in the PHEX gene. This leads to increased levels of FGF23, which decreases renal phosphate absorption and suppresses renal 25-hydroxy-1-alpha-hydroxylase activity. The autosomal dominant type results from a mutation in FGF23 and leads to decreased FGF23 degradation. Finally, the autosomal recessive type results from mutation in the dentin matrix protein 1 or DMP1 gene. This leads to impaired osteocyte maturation and bone mineralization and increased levels of FGF23. Moving on to vitamin D deficient or nutritional rickets, this results from decreased dietary intake of vitamin D. Keep in mind, however, this is rare now that vitamin D is added to milk. This presents at 6 months to 3 years of age. Risk factors include premature infants, black children greater than six months old who are still breastfed, patients with malabsorption syndromes like celiac sprue or chronic parenteral nutrition, Asian immigrants, and patients with certain dietary choices like vegetarian diets. In terms of the pathophysiology of vitamin D deficient or nutritional rickets, this involves low vitamin D levels that lead to decreased intestinal absorption of calcium. Low calcium levels leads to a compensatory increase in PTH and bone resorption. Bone resorption leads to increased alkaline phosphatase levels. 
Finally, let's talk about vitamin D dependent rickets, which has a type 1 and type 2. This is a rare disorder, and this leads to clinical features similar to vitamin D deficient rickets, but more severe. Clinical characteristics of type 1 vitamin D dependent rickets includes hypotonia, muscle weakness, growth failure, hypocalcemic seizures, joint pain slash deformity, and fractures in early infancy. Clinical characteristics of type 2 vitamin D dependent rickets includes hypotonia, muscle weakness, growth failure, hypocalcemic seizures, growth retardation, bone pain, severe dental caries, or dental hypoplasia. Moving on to the pathophysiology of vitamin D dependent rickets, type 1 results from an autosomal recessive mutation in renal 25 hydroxy 1 alpha hydroxylase. The responsible gene is 12q14. Know that type 1 vitamin D dependent rickets prevents conversion of the inactive form of vitamin D to the active form, and this leads to decreased calcitriol. Finally, the pathophysiology of type 2 vitamin D dependent rickets results from autosomal recessive mutation in the intracellular receptor for 125 dihydroxy vitamin D, and this leads to increased calcitriol. Now, let's talk about the presentation of rickets. Symptoms include listlessness, irritability, and generalized weakness. Physical exam may reveal tibial bowing due to widened proximal tibial physis, rickettic rosary, which manifests with enlargement of the costochondral junction, bowing of the knees, retarded bone growth, muscle hypotonia, waddling gait, dental abnormalities like delayed dental eruption and or defective enamel, and pathologic fractures. Moving on to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP and a lateral of the affected bone. Findings may include physeal widening, metaphyseal cupping, decreased bone density, looser zones, which are pseudofracture on the compression side of the bone, rachitic rosary, which will manifest as prominence of rib heads at the osteochondral junction, and lower extremity bowing, which is often genuvarum. Other findings can include codfish vertebrae and cat back, otherwise known as dorsal kyphosis. As far as other studies to obtain, serum labs are crucial for diagnosis. The X-linked dominant form of vitamin D-resistant rickets or hypophosphatemic rickets tends to have normal calcium, decrease in serum phosphate, and an increase in alkaline phosphatase. Vitamin D-deficient rickets or nutritional rickets tends to have either a normal or a decrease in serum calcium, a decrease in serum phosphate, an increase in alkaline phosphatase, increase in PTH, and a decrease in vitamin D. Type 1 vitamin D-dependent rickets, which again is autosomal recessive, tends to have a decrease in serum calcium, decrease in serum phosphate, increase in alkaline phosphatase, an increase in PTH, and a significantly decreased 125 vitamin D. Type 2 vitamin D-dependent rickets, which is also autosomal recessive, also has a decrease in both serum calcium and serum phosphate, an increase in alkaline phosphatase, however, has a significantly increased 125 vitamin D. Hypophosphatasia, which is an autosomal recessive condition, has an increase in both serum calcium and serum phosphate, however, has a significantly decreased alkaline phosphatase level. Renal osteodystrophy is a renal disease that tends to have a decrease in serum calcium, an increase in serum phosphate, an increase in alkaline phosphatase, and an increase in PTH. Finally, hyperparathyroidism, in which 90% of cases tend to be from an adenoma, present with an increase in serum calcium, a decrease in serum phosphorus, an increase in alkaline phosphatase, and an increase in PTH. 
As far as histology for rickets, you will see a disordered and elongated zone of proliferation, a poorly defined zone of provisional calcification, widened osteoid seams, a quote-unquote Swiss cheese trabeculae, and abnormally arranged collagen fibers, which run perpendicular to the herversion canals. The tested differential for rickets include renal osteodystrophy and hypophosphatasia, two topics that you can learn more about in separate podcast episodes. Moving on to the treatment of rickets, this can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management can include calcitriol, phosphate replacement, vitamin D, and calcium. Calcitriol is indicated for vitamin D-resistant or familial hypophosphatemic rickets, as well as type 1 vitamin D-dependent rickets. Phosphate replacement is indicated for vitamin D-resistant or familial hypophosphatemic rickets. Vitamin D is indicated for vitamin D-deficient or nutritional rickets, as well as type 2 vitamin D-dependent rickets, otherwise known as partial 125-dihydroxyvitamin D-resistance. Finally, calcium is indicated for type 2 vitamin D-dependent rickets or a total 125-dihydroxyvitamin D-resistance. Operative options include corrective surgery or a multi-level osteotomy, which is indicated in the setting of severe tibial bowing. So to talk about some of these management options in a bit more detail, the dosing for calcitriol is 20 to 30 milligrams per kilogram per day split into 2 to 3 doses in children and 0.5 to 0.75 micrograms per day split into two doses in adults. As far as phosphate replacement, the dosing is 20 to 40 milligrams per kilogram per day split into three to five doses in children, and 750 to 1,000 milligrams per day split into three to four doses in adults. As far as outcomes, phosphate replacement is controversial and counterintuitive. The physiology would suggest that phosphate replacement would be beneficial and treatment of 1 to 3 grams daily was recommended. However, recent research evaluated the addition of phosphate to the treatment of vitamin D therapy and found no additional benefit. And as far as vitamin D dosing in the setting of rickets, 5,000 international units per day for 6 to 10 weeks is recommended. Finally, as far as corrective surgery, specifically multi-level osteotomy, there are a variety of fixation devices including K-wires, plates, intramedullary nails, and or external fixation. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A mother brings her four-year-old daughter to your clinic for evaluation of knocked knees and short stature. On exam, the patient ambulates with a circumduction gait pattern and frequently falls. Plain radiographs of the bilateral knees show a skeletally immature patient showing widening of the physeal plates and metaphyseal cupping. Laboratory data is obtained and notable for a calcium of 9.1 mg per deciliter, with the reference range being between 8.5 to 10.2 mg per deciliter. Phosphorus is 2.9 mg per deciliter, with the reference range being between 4.3 to 5.4 mg per deciliter. Alkaline phosphatase is 405 units per liter, with the reference range being between 169 to 372 units per liter. 25-hydroxyvitamin D is 38 nanograms per milliliter, with the reference range being between 25 to 50 nanograms per milliliter. 125-hydroxyvitamin D is 21 picograms per milliliter, with the reference range being between 24 to 86 picograms per milliliter and PTH is 25 picograms per milliliter, with the reference range being between 15 to 65 picograms per milliliter. The child is adopted and family history is not known. Which is the most likely diagnosis? And the choices are 1. Physiologic genuvalgum, 
two nutritional rickets, three familial hypophosphatemic rickets, four renal osteodystrophy, and five osteogenesis imperfecta. The correct answer to this question is three familial hypophosphatemic rickets. So this patient has genuvalgum secondary to familial hypophosphatemic rickets, an X-linked dominant disorder caused by inability of renal tubules to absorb phosphate, resulting in low serum phosphorus, high alkaline phosphatase, low 125-hydroxyvitamin D in the setting of normal serum calcium, 25-hydroxyvitamin D, and PTH. To quickly review, rickets is a disorder characterized by defective mineralization of the growth plate and can result from nutritional deficiency, genetic defects in renal phosphate absorption, or the formation action of 125-hydroxyvitamin D, that is type 1 and type 2 vitamin D-dependent rickets, or renal dysfunction. Laboratory data can help differentiate the various etiologies. Treatment of familial hypophosphatemic rickets includes medical management with calcitriol, that is 125-hydroxyvitamin D, as well as surgical correction of lower limb deformities with either hemiepiphysiodesis slash guided growth in patients that are less than 11 years old, or corrective osteotomies when the patient is over 11 years old. Stevens et al. performed a retrospective review of 14 children with rickets and lower extremity deformities treated with hemiepiphysiodesis guided growth using either staples or eight plates. The patients demonstrated a gradual correction in the mechanical axis as well as improvement in the appearance and width of the hip and ankle physis likely related to normalized gait pattern. The authors therefore recommended early intervention via guided growth to restore and preserve a neutral axis in these patients. Tortolani et al. authored a review article on osteopenia in children, which can result in repeat fractures, pain, and limitation of function. Causes of reduced bone mineral density include rickets, that is nutritional and genetic, osteogenesis imperfecta, juvenile arthritis, osteopenia associated with neuromuscular disorders, and idiopathic osteoporosis. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, physiologic genuvarum is incorrect, as this is not physiologic genuvalgum, as the patient has irregular appearing physes and abnormal laboratory data consistent with rickets. Answer 2, nutritional rickets, is characterized by low calcium, low 25-hydroxyvitamin D, and a high PTH. Answer 4, renal osteodystrophy, is characterized by low calcium, high phosphorus, low 25-hydroxyvitamin D, and high PTH. And finally, answer 5, osteogenesis imperfecta is incorrect, as while osteogenesis imperfecta can be a cause of osteopenia and limb deformity, the abnormal laboratory data is more suggestive of rickets. And moving on to the final question, low serum phosphate and normal calcium levels are found in what common etiology of hereditary rickets? And the choices are 1, X-linked hypophosphatemic rickets, 2, vitamin D-dependent type 1, 3. Vitamin D-dependent type 2. 4. Autosomal dominant hypophosphatemic. And 5. Janssen's metaphyseal chondrodysplasia. The correct answer to this question is 1. X-linked hypophosphatemic. So low serum phosphate and normal calcium levels are found in X-linked hypophosphatemic rickets. To quickly review, X-linked hypophosphatemic rickets is the most common form of hereditary rickets. It is an X-linked dominant disorder, which has been linked to the PHEX gene. Laboratory findings of this disorder include low serum phosphate, normal serum calcium, and 25-hydroxycholecalciferol levels, and inappropriately low 125-dihydroxyvitamin D3.
Carpenter et al. showed hypophosphatemic rickets was initially referred to as vitamin D-resistant rickets due to its lack of response to therapeutic vitamin D. Current treatments with activated vitamin D metabolites like calcitriol or alpha-calcidiol and phosphate salts have been shown to help with this condition. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 2, type 1 vitamin D-dependent rickets is incorrect as this is a rare autosomal recessive disorder. Answer 3, type 2 vitamin D-dependent rickets is incorrect as this is a rare autosomal recessive disorder most often caused by mutations in the vitamin D receptor gene. Answer 4, autosomal dominant hypophosphatemic rickets is incorrect as this results from a rare mutation in the fibroblast growth factor 23 or FGF23 gene. And finally, answer 5, Janssen's metaphyseal chondrodysplasia is incorrect as this is a skeletal dysplasia that results from ligand-independent activation of the type 1 parathyroid hormone receptor, or PTHR1. That's all for this review about rickets. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.